Antonio Brown officially requests a trade from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Is this a good thing for the Steelers or a bad thing? And where will he end up next season? Boss, in the NBA, the LA Lakers are now below 500 heading into the All-Star break. Who is to blame for their bad first half? I might have a surprise answer on that one. Plus, the 76ers lose to the Celtics. What does that say? And Kyler Murray, where will he be taken? Plus, eSports. It all starts now. Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Friend, here on a Wednesday, and I'm excited about this one. We got a little bit of everything. We got some football. We got some NBA. We got even a little bit of esports and an interesting survey that came out yesterday about their future. But first, let us put three minutes on the clock for the biggest story of yesterday. That is Antonio Brown officially requesting a trade from the Pittsburgh Steelers. That, according to ESPN, and listen, as well as his tweet, and listen. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, I have a message for you, and it's this. This is a good thing for you. This is a good thing for your team long term, because as I've been trying to say since the end of the regular season, your team is in a rebuild. Whether you want to admit it or not is another thing, but your team is in a rebuild right now. And this helps that. I'm sorry, you are. Big Ben is 37. The team around him is not good enough. The Colts, the Chiefs, the Patriots are all better for you. You should be in a rebuild right now. And Antonio Brown will, A, get you draft picks back in return. We'll discuss from who and how much here in a minute. As well as, see if Juju Smith-Schuster, who is young enough, where after your two to three-year rebuild, he could still be there on the other side, it's time to test to see if he can be a number one wide receiver. And by the way, I think he can, but it's time to find out. And on the flip side, it's good for AB. I do. I believe it's good for AB. Get the hell out of Pittsburgh as soon as you can. Go to another team. He realizes his age. He realizes his limited window. Another team will pay for him, and he gets to try and prove that he can win without Big Ben and without the system in Pittsburgh. Now, the interesting thing on this is going to be multiple things. One, in order for the Pittsburgh Steelers to take the smallest cap hit for trading him, they would have to trade him after June 1st. Otherwise, it's a $20 million plus cap hit. So this could go on for a while. That's point number one. Point number two, if the return is right, you do this as soon as you can. If the return is right, you do it. Because long-term, that's what they need to do. Let's realize Brandon Cook's was traded from the Patriots to the Rams last offseason for a first-round pick and a sixth-round pick. Now, yes, Brandon Cooks is 25 years old, and that is a big difference. But the Steelers should be asking for a first-round pick here because also Antonio Brown is not Brandon Cooks. He's better than Brandon Cooks. They should be asking for a first-round pick. And I think they have a very good shot of doing it. Now, the Steelers fans who think Oh, well, this is going to help us get rid of our drama. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, funny. Until you get Mike Tomlin out of there, your drama is sticking around in full force. I can guarantee that one for you. So 
There's my thoughts on that. But we now have to discuss the two minutes on the clock. Where is he going to end up? Because that's the obvious next question. And to me, there's three major teams I'm looking at here. The San Francisco 49ers, the Indianapolis Colts, and the New England Patriots. Okay, now let me explain why before NFL fans, you know, whether you're running or, or driving to this, before you drive off the road or just stop running, let me explain to you why, and especially on that last one. I'm sure some of you want an explanation. First, let me address the 49ers. They need Jimmy G help, and him with Jimmy, uh, Jim, well, hey, Jimmy Garoppolo, of course, but also George Kittle, who is one of, if not the best tight ends in the league. That would be a dangerous combination, Mark. He's good ones also there. Whether or not they want to give up the draft pick is a question mark, but I think it could make a lot of sense. He also seems to want to go there. Number two would be the Indianapolis Colts. This makes a lot of sense because they have the most cap space. They have the most assets. Now, GM Chris Ballard has said he does not want to bring in anybody who brings drama to the locker room, and some may argue that's Antonio Brown, but I still think they'd be a good fit. And number three, folks, yes, is the New England Patriots. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. You really think the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to trade Antonio Brown to the Patriots? Maybe not. Maybe they would be petty enough not to do that. But I'll tell you, the Patriots, if they want to get Tom Brady wide receiver help, which they could use, especially if Gronk retires, can't do this. They have 12 draft picks this year. Three in the first round, two in the second round. So they could do that if they want it. Um, Looks like, folks, this this very rarely happens, but it does sometime happen. Folks, we got some breaking news. This is Breaking News with Sports with Nick. Okay. Again, this sometimes does happen. As I'm recording this, as of 11.15 a.m. Eastern Time, the breaking news, according to Adam Schefter, because who else is that Joe Flacco is on his way to Denver, that the Ravens and the Denver Broncos have agreed in principle to trade Joe Flacco to the Denver Broncos. The deal cannot officially go through until March 13th, so a month from today. But again, the breaking news from Adam Schefter that the Baltimore Ravens And the Denver Broncos have agreed in principle to a deal that sends Joe Flacco from Baltimore to Denver. Interesting. Super, super, super interesting. Listen, you knew the Denver Broncos were going to do something. Something at quarterback. Um, And I actually have a segment on Kyler Murray later on that uh, this affects, but... Interesting. I mean, this is certainly a John Elway move, that's for sure. I mean, my goodness, it doesn't get much more John Elway than this in trading for Joe Flacco. Um, You know, you have to wonder what the plan is there. Flacco's 34. They have a top 10 draft pick. You almost wonder if if this is bringing Joe Flacco in to mentor whoever they pick um, with their top 10 pick here, if it is, in fact, a quarterback. And if not... Maybe this is their couple-year plan because Joe Flacco's under contract till 2021. So, interesting late-breaking news here. Um, I'll have more reaction to that tomorrow. But again, 
Sometimes that happens. You get breaking news. You never know what you're going to get here. Now, uh, two minutes on the clock. Let's uh, go to this, I guess, um, and shift basketball real quick to the LA Lakers. Listen, <laughs> they lost to the Atlanta Hawks yesterday, and they now enter the all-star break under 500. This is a new low. This is a new low. I'm hitting the panic button. I'm officially hitting the panic button on the LA Lakers. And I never thought I'd do that to a LeBron James-led team in February, but I'm doing it. The Hawks are the fifth worst team in the NBA. There's no excuse for what happened last night. But we could say that night and night again with these LA Lakers. And here's the thing that frustrates the living hell out of me. Right now, they're not a playoff team. I still think they'll get there. But they have the pieces to not only be a playoff team, but to be a 7, a 6, or a 5 seed in the West, and they're not anywhere close to those expectations. You go down the list of this roster. It's not just LeBron. It's Brandon Ingram, who's had a good season. Kyle Kuzma, who's had another good season. Even JaVale McGee, who's had a shockingly good season in many ways. Rajon Rondo. They have the pieces. But they have zero heart. And I mean zero. The trade rumors affected this locker room and they folded like a cheap tent mentally inside there. Their defense sucks. I mean, my goodness, they couldn't stop a lot water leak if they were a damn plumber. You have all these young guys who have shown no heart when they get down. And to me, at the end of the day, what does that go on? Yes, I'm going to say it. It goes on my guy, LeBron James. Period. End of story. And I do not see enough urgency and, quite frankly, enough belief from him and his own team, but I do not see it from him right now mentally. Does he mentally in it? He needs to get into these guys' face, whether it's behind the scenes, in front of the scenes. I don't care. He needs to do something. This goes on him at the end of the day. He has to know that, and he has to make a change. Now let's go to the Philadelphia 76ers and the Boston Celtics who played last night. The Celtics beat the 76ers without Kyrie Irving. And listen, I'll ask the question that I asked in today's show. Does this say more about the 76ers or the Celtics? Here's the thing. The Celtics looked good last night. They did. They looked good. Impressive win on the road. Did not have Kyrie, who's still day-to-day -day with a knee injury. They looked good. But folks, this is way more about the Philadelphia 76ers. The Philadelphia 76ers are now 1-7 against the Bucks, Raptors, and Celtics, who are the three best teams above them, arguably, in the East. They do not beat good teams, and this is nothing new. This is why I have said time and time again after that trade for Tobias Harris where people are like, oh, they have the second-best starting five in the NBA. Ludicrous. I mean, maybe talent-wise, but they awkward as hell. They looking like me out in middle school when I didn't know what the hell was going on and I had a damn afro and glasses. They are awkward. And let's be very clear. They have, actually in a relatively significant way, more talent than the Boston Celtics. The Celtics have a dude, literally, and this is not a joke, Brad Wanamaker is a 29-year-old NBA rookie who's come over from Europe and is getting consistent minutes for them at point guard. Brad Wanamaker. If you are outside of Boston or Europe, you probably have no idea who the hell I'm talking about. But the 76ers look 
completely out of whack. Like they have all season long. And guess who their likely first round matchup is at this point? The Boston Celtics. And listen quickly here. I think both of these teams are showing because both of these teams were teams that people were incredibly high on a year or two ago in their future. And I still am, but I think it goes to show going from tanking to then almost playoffs to then playoffs is hard, but going from playoffs to championship contender, that's the hardest step. Now, two minutes on the clock. Let's shift to Kyler Murray. And again, that breaking news from earlier in this podcast about Joe Flacco going to the Denver Broncos might affect this a little bit, but um, let's discuss how high he'll go in this year's draft because, listen, I have my doubts about this dude. I said them on yesterday's podcast when he officially declared for the NFL over uh, Major League Baseball. It's his height, and there's other concerns there as well. You best believe that. But whether I have my doubts or not really doesn't even matter a flipping millimeter, does it? No. Because this kid's going to be a first-round pick. This kid will be a first-round pick. And in fact, he will be a top 15 overall pick. That is guaranteed. And I'm going to go as far as to say he will be a top 10 pick, folks. You have three teams in the top 10, now maybe two with the Joe Flacco trade, but certainly two, maybe three, that are in desperate needs of a quarterback. And I get there's Locke, Drew Locke from Missouri. I get there's Haskins from um, Ohio State. But these teams need quarterbacks. Giants at 6, Jags at 7, maybe still the Broncos at 10. And plus there's the possibility of a team, the Patriots who fell in love with Baker Mayfield last year, of possibly trading up for him as well. He's a lock to go top 15, because if he falls, the Redskins, the Dolphins are sitting there at 13 and 15. But I think he will likely go top 10, and that just shows the NFL's thirst to find a quarterback. All right, let's wrap things up here with 90 seconds on the clock for eSports. Yes, eSports. A report coming out yesterday from ESPN, among others, that eSports is projected to make over $1 billion, billion with a B, dollars in 2019. And this is not even close to a stretch because eSports made $865 million in 2018. I want people to listen to this. Whether or not you understand it, whether or not you get it, whether or not you like this does not matter. This esports is the future. Another part to this report showed that 201 million people tune into these events at least once per month, with the dominant age group being 21 to 35. Those are age groups that the NHL and Major League Baseball does not have, which is why I've said now for literally over a year and will continue to say until I'm right in 30 years that in 30 years, in 2045, in 2050, esports will be bigger than the NHL and MLB. I don't think they'll be bigger than the NBA. The NFL in America is ludicrous, so they probably won't be bigger than them. And they won't be bigger than proper football, at least not, you know, not domestically. But they're the future. Like That's the bottom line. And again, whether you get it or not, it doesn't really matter. Because in many ways, I'm still learning and don't get it. But 
I've also am learning because it's the future. That is the show, or that's the podcast, rather. Earlier today, the SportsNet show released, as always, on SportsNet.com and the YouTube channel. Tomorrow, on a little bit of Valentine's Day, we'll have a SportsNet show and podcast. I'll see you then.